Welcome along to the Make It Count podcast. My name is David. Hello, I'm Matt. And we are the Taylor Bros. Indeed we are. And we are really enjoying doing the Make It Count podcast. Today, Matt, what are we talking about? We're we're talking about uh, a topic we've spoken about before, control or self-control. But today we're contrasting it with controlling others and self-control. So what made you want to talk about this? Well, when we, <laughs> I, I think it's an interesting way to look at this topic because we often, I yeah, I think when you talk about self-control, it's easy to think, oh yeah, like I need self-control in various aspects, certainly to be maybe disciplined or to make things, you know, goals that I have, you know, make make the progress towards what I want, whether it's fitness or job or whatever you know but when we were speaking about control in our last episode i just had this idea of it'd be interesting to think about like how maybe sometimes instead of doing the hard work of practicing self-control and learning what that does we instead default to actually behaviors which seek to control others or control the environment around us so that we don't have to have self-control so that Mm -hmm. we can still get what we want but actually it's through controlling others and the environment. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, I'm not definitely an expert on on maybe much of the stuff, but I was doing some reading around this about, you know, controlling people and stuff like that, which was just quite interesting. You know, these are controlling people when they do this and do that and do, you know, um, it was like criticizing people and blaming them and being manipulative and, and all of these things. And I thought, well, Probably everyone I know, including myself, have done these behaviours at some point. Absolutely. So we've all tried to control other people, probably. 100%. And you sent me a podcast to listen to uh, the other day, and uh, <laughs> it's not like where we're going to be like, oh, you know, the, that podcast, and isn't that the most amazing thing? But um, Henry Cloud, who's written yonks, loads of books, and is uh, I think he's a, a psychologist, by... I, feel, I think he's a practicing psychiatrist. He's got a PhD. Psychiatrist. I, doctor, yeah, I always get these. You know. Yeah. So he's he's done a lot of clinical work with people, mm-hmm. and then he's written a lot of books. And so he obviously he knows what he's talking about. And um, they at one point in their conversation were talking about you know when in relationships people always come to him and be like, oh well, I've discovered that you know the my partner or this family member is like you know they've got narcissistic tendency or whatever it is um that i don't know the full name and and therefore there's basically no hope for them and he's like total mumbo jumbo you know everybody at some point has acted narcissistically and he's worked with people who have changed and there is that hope so kind of um it i think that just that recognition of all of us have expressed these we or, or another way to put it in we all play these games I think it comes naturally. We learn them from a young age as how to play certain games to get what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and a book I'm going to refer to a little bit later again. So I just love it. Um, John Powell's book, Why Am I Afraid to Tell You Who I Am? He actually has, like, in a sense, an appendix full of just these are all the different kinds of games that people can play. And it's not an exhausted list, but it's a long list of, you know, the the loner the pouter the 
the mummy, the, 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 all these different things of this is how we show up in these contexts in order to get this out of us. And, and ultimately, he's saying it's actually an attempt to hide our true self so that we won't be rejected because we're afraid of that. Um, but I think maybe on a more surface level, we play and we may be unaware that we're playing these games, but we play them to try and control people's response to us so that we are in safe ground and we can get to the end what we want without actually necessarily having to trade on anything really risky. Yeah. And he, he sort of, uh, Dr. Henry Cloud used that example, didn't he? He said, many people say, well, I'm not controlling. And they said, well, have you ever tried to like people, please? He said, well, yeah. why are you doing that? Ultimately, you're doing that so that they like you. You're trying mm. to control that situation so that you get what you want, which is that they like you. Well, that's an element of trying to control somebody else. Um, yeah. And by people pleasing, and like you said, you're kind of like hiding what you want, maybe even from yourself, to actually so that other people will like who you're showing to be, or you're letting them have what they want. And I, yeah. I, I suppose in some of my reading around it, it was just this idea that a desire for control is quite a deep rooted thing, and actually not wholly unhealthy. Uh, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. One of the things is about having some sense of control. It was an interesting idea that there's a difference between actually having control or just having the sense of control um, and how sometimes we we do jobs where actually we're not in control. Our teacher or our manager or whoever, they're in control, but we have some sense of control or we've trusted that to them. Um, but there's an unhealthy element of that, which you know, supposedly is rooted in like anxiety in uncertainty, where when things are maybe or have happened a traumatic, we try and control everything around us, our environment and all things, because hey, we don't want that uncertainty. We don't want that anxiety. We don't want those things to go wrong. So we're going to try and control everything to prevent it. And so it's not necessarily it's, it's basically a normal coping response, I would suggest. For, for many of us but there are varying degrees it's not i'm a controlling person versus i'm not a controlling person it's like oh uh, there's there's a range of like how we deal with ourselves and how we deal with other people yes i i really like that and i i like that you honed in and this is something that again dr henry lacal was talking about uh, that control isn't actually in and of itself a bad thing mm. um and he speaks from the faith perspective, uh, which is, you know, ultimately there is an element of design. We are made for control, to to control there. You know, from a biblical point of view, you go at the beginning, there's this, this honor position to rule and to reign. And then in the image of God, who ultimately yeah, you would go, yeah, he is the one who controls everything. But I, I'm just reminded, and you, you think about this, it's so interesting that, again that creation narrative and the what happens the choice given to these humans either to live by this tree of life which is a bit mysterious or you know warned against choosing to eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil and of course what's the common phrase or that that uh, really um just really well-known phrase knowledge is power right mm -hmm. and and i think there's an element of yeah oh i want to control 
my environment. I want to control the world and I'll do that through knowledge. And, and therefore, that's what I'm going to seize and take rather than from the very beginning was this invitation to live by trust and to live um, by that life and that faith. Uh, and I think we're going to weave this in. And I'm sure that in the future, we're going to do some more episodes on trust. But trust plays a huge part in this um how we shoot, choose to show up, whether choose to choose to um, exercise self-control or to try and control others. Because again, part of what this is, is if I don't trust you to handle me well, when I reveal my true self, I will seek to manipulate you to respond in a certain mm. way. And I will only show you the part of myself that I think you will manage, you will handle well. Mm -hmm. So effectively, I put on a mask to hide my true self, my true desires, because I think you won't be able to handle it. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you have shown yourself trustworthy and I've opened myself to you, then I'm I'm learning to trust you and I don't have to control you. I can just go, here is what I'm feeling right now or here is me and trust you to respond in a way that is, you know. And so again, that's partly so a lot of the reading around this goes, yeah ultimately people that try to control others are really it's a really big red flag that goes what they actually need is they need nurture and they need someone to allay their fear of abandonment Mm. i thought that's really fascinating Mm -hmm. that the people that you would go they are so domineering or so what we all think is well they need to be shown you know they need to be knocked down a peg actually that's the complete opposite of what they truly need underneath that they need nurturing they need mm-hmm. care and they need to to see oh when i'm seen they don't walk away mm-hmm. yeah and there's a lot there that's quite interesting i was in a conversation with somebody recently and just talking about the manager of of them their manager and just going oh like the manager you have works from this place of like knowledge is power so they withhold knowledge they withhold information so nobody thinks that they can do that job that they're doing probably if they led more open-handedly they would but actually by withholding information they keep control they keep power because they're going oh like nobody else has this information this information is mine now i'm in charge i you know i can control what's going on and just going you know that's not the only way to lead but that's interesting and i suppose one of the things that you talked about there was just this idea that do we trust ourselves or entrust ourselves to other people and how um, I think it was a parenting advice by Andy Stanley and his wife. And they were saying one of the things they were told and what they've lived out is never overreact positively yeah. or never negatively to your children. They said there's so many children that hate the fact that their parents overreact even positively. Like, oh, that's amazing. You know, getting all hyper and everything. And like, that's as bad as overreacting ne- negatively. But also that really emotive reaction is often quite a negative experience, for, especially for an uncertain or maybe insecure teenager. But actually, how, how true is that also for us as adults? Like, we don't want to be having a conversation with somebody where if we say the wrong thing, it's an explosion, you know, yeah. that, and, it, and it's like, oh, and, and those people who are unable to maybe self-regulate or self-control, other people then, like you said, maybe we don't respond in a nurturing way. We respond, we, we self-manage ourselves and disclose less and we try and control the environment so that they don't explode. And everyone says we are treading on eggshells. That's the phrase for somebody that can't self-manage or self-control. And so it was 
it was interesting as well because one of the things that I read that was like quite a controlling behavior was this idea of blaming. And I said, well, how is blaming related to control? Like, that didn't make sense in my head. Like mm. if they're blaming something else, they're not in control. And that was the point that in blaming other people, they don't have to take control. They don't have to take responsibility. Yeah. And that in itself is a sort of a controlling behavior because um, it's trying to control their environment and go out somebody else's thing and they, they don't have to take responsibility, which is quite an interesting um, bit to help me put that together. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How it ties in with responsibility as well. Mm. Uh, that definitely relates to um, this, the whole, well, one of the concepts through John Powell's book, Why Am I Afraid to Tell You Who I Am, mm. is really going like at core is this kind of fear that if I reveal who I am, I will be handled badly or I'll be rejected or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's also this just this awareness in the book is a lot of us are walking around. We don't understand what is driving us. It's the iceberg. You know, we see the tip, but there's these massive bit of ice that's being pushed by the undercurrents. And we are totally unaware of all of that. So he says the, the act of self-understanding only really can come as I communicate who I am to someone else. Mm. Um, and as you learn to do that and you, you grow in that self-understanding, that is the uh, almost the door through which you can start to grow in maturity because you start to see, oh, these are the patterns. These are my um, inhibitions or these are my immaturities that I'm walking around with, the, the narrative that I have in inherited and started to replay out in every relationship I find myself in. And so it's only through the process of I enter into a trust relationship and I, I go a little bit and you show yourself trustworthy. So I express a bit more. And through that, I learn more about myself. But that, of course, is a long journey and it is a hard journey and it takes responsibility. It's mm -hmm. the whole thing of you can you can't heal someone. You, you can't make someone mature in the same way that they're all saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. So mm. if someone doesn't want to take responsibility, if someone doesn't want to ultimately learn how to get self-control, you can't make them. And so actually, in a sense, what it does is, it, as you said, you, everybody else around them has to adjust themselves to show up in a way. And, and, and that is actually precisely what they want. They want people to respond so that other people change rather than themselves. It's so interesting because actually they get what they want, but mm. what they truly want underneath, and maybe this is a bit projecting what, but this is what John Powell's um, thesis is, is what tr people truly want is that personal encounter, that communion. And by playing these games, we stop ourselves from ever getting that. Mm -hmm. And so we actually stop ourselves from getting what we truly want and we settle for the superficial, the surface level, and the peaceful in the moment. Yeah, and I've been in conversations with with people or seen situations where they've responded so negatively, so emotionally heavily to a situation that didn't really require it, mm. that everybody else around just goes, it's not worth it, just let them have their way, we'll just sort of like tread around that existence because is too hard and they're too stuck and and that's really that's just quite an interesting situation to go oh like you said do they do we even realize when that's happened do i realize when i've done that like do i respond in a pouty way sometimes 
probably a self-pitying way definitely and actually it's like oh no what's the mature thing to do here maybe it isn't that maybe it's to own that and go oh that yeah that touched something what's going on underneath what was I worried about what mm-hmm. what set me off I mean there was <laughs> yeah uh I was a month ago also having um a lunch with a few people and some something touched me i still don't know what it was it just got inside me and uh i just said something really like unkind to this person that was sat next to me and it wasn't like i was just like and it was with an edge like it could have been funny but i said it with an edge so it, did, it was like oh oh like and i thought about that and i thought about it like the rest of the day and i was like i still don't really know what it was in the moment that set me off but i had to go and apologize because i'm sorry that was not appropriate like what i said but it would have been easy to just be like, oh, well, you know, it was mm. a joke. Um, yeah. And yeah. and actually, I decided to take control. One of the things um, in my master's or my undergraduate, I can't remember, but it was the psychology element. One of the things that does kind of relate to this is sort of this idea of internal and external locus of control. I yes. don't know if you've come across that. And it's that internal locus control is to believe that I can impact things. You know, I, I can take responsibility. I'm in control. Whereas an external locus of control is this idea of like, oh, things outside me affected me. So you, in a sporting situation, it's like internal locus control was, hey, we won today because um, we trained really hard. We played good technically. uh you know, and we we worked hard to accomplish that. An external locus of control was we won today because the wind was blowing really strong and they didn't cope very well with that and the sun was in their eyes for three of the goals. It's like, yeah, yeah. basically we won because we were lucky. Or the inverse is true. We lost because we're rubbish at football or we lost because the conditions were bad. The grass was yeah. too long. The so You know, one of my teammates tied his own shoelaces together. I don't know. It's like just something unlucky happens. And this is the idea of like, um, and and the, again, it's a little bit of a scale because we want to be able to appropriately own the right things that have happened. Like, hey, yeah, I did work hard, really hard today. And mm-hmm. that meant that, um, you know, I did the things I could control. But actually, sometimes you can still lose because of things outside of your control. Yeah. Um and so to to but if you focus on the things out of your control, you'll never own the things that are in your control. So it's just this idea, like, and and I think that's the hard bit is what is in the my under my control. Yeah. How do I self-manage? That's really hard. And ultimately, self-management is about emotion management. It's about impulse control. It's about um those sorts of emotional regulational things. Um that help you show up in those situations that can be more difficult, but also really positive. Um, and sometimes, like you said, that's quite hard work. Impulse control, that is not straightforward. That's not easy, especially at the beginning when you when we're trying to do it. But so and then maybe that's partly why sometimes we just get to the point where it's like, oh, you know, I've learned these tricks that, you know, mean that I can control people around me a little bit easier. And that just makes my life easier rather than trying to be in control of myself. <laughs> sure. There's there's a couple of elements uh, I I want to pick up on. Um, number one, I I, I mean, I, thanks for telling that story. Uh, I, you've not told me that story before, so that's quite funny. Actually. First going out online. Love that. Um, I th- in, in talking about kind of controlling the external, um, 
and the internal locus of control, external locus of control. A, a quote I came across, which I really liked, was the one who cannot put order inside tries to impose it outside. Mm. And I think that again goes back to that blaming thing. You know, well, how is that? You know, how is that um, controlling? Well, actually, it's seeking to shirk responsibility, get it out from inside, and it's it's something outside. That's what the problem is. Mm. Um, and uh, same with you know, if I'm gonna, sh- if I show up really in this way that everybody else changes themselves that suits me fine because the order is imposed but it's outside rather than in here Mm. um one of the things though is thinking from if we're going let's let's focus a bit more on the self-control aspect and like i i want i have a goal i'm aiming for or i i want to show up more controlled in this way you know one of the things in uh james clear's book he talks about is just the importance of environment and, you know, so if I'm trying to watch what I eat, then I can try and grow my self-control by like being in an environment which is really challenging. Or I can just be like, it's easier to avoid the temptation of the biscuits or the cookie jar and get them out. And so there is an element of controlling your environment actually can be really helpful and beneficial. We're not saying it's all about being this, you know, pure person and like you just no matter what you know steve jobs famously when he uh with apple they were like everything's going to be plain everything's going to be white and no sort of um noise no visual noise so that we can be really creative so Mm -hmm. there is an element of yeah absolutely control your environment as is 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 fit but when we try to extend that to i'm controlling people Mm -hmm then I think that's where we've overstepped the bounds. And um, I was re-listening to uh, an Andy Crouch um, interview and a, a phrase that he he got, I think it was Leanne Payne he was quoting, was, if I don't first contemplate someone, mm. I will seek to exploit them. Or not even seek to, I will exploit them. So if I don't first contemplate, I will exploit. And he was saying this, not even just in any particular domain, but just going... When I show up and I'm in a conversation with you, David, if Mm -hmm. I don't first contemplate that you are a person, you have that dignity, you have that worth, you bear a a divine image in you. If I don't recognize that, behold that for at least a moment, I will almost instinctively see you as a means to an end. Mm. Uh, And we do this all the time in family. Mm. We certainly do this in workplace. And, you know, it happens all over the space in in the world in terms of um, just pornography and sex trafficking and everything. I don't see the person. I see the means to an end, which is a release, you know. So it's it's something that I'm thinking, oh, that's so interesting. Like we when I when I see the person, that's what I want to do. I want to I want to learn you're a person you're not a tool you're not an object you are a person i've said that quite a lot now but that's that's my what was the the other quote you said near the beginning of there um about internal and external controlling or something the one who cannot put order inside tries to impose it outside yeah i think that was really good um actually and i suppose we'll wrap up with something um a, a little while ago um well charlotte and i realized we need to get a couple of new windows and um we invited someone round to look at the windows and give us a quote so he came along sitting on the sofa he's got these big like 
windows that he's showing us that he's unzipped and he's you know security this and efficiency that and titanium this and all this technical bamboozlement of stuff about windows that i never knew probably kind of the point and um it was like okay so roughly how much is this going to cost because i know i can't tell you that yet and you know um just going through this process and he's there for like an hour before he's even told us the price and it's like right well like maybe you just got to go soon you know because you know this is taking longer than i'd sort of planned for a quick quote so eventually you know he measures it out and it's like well you're gonna need this and security this and shatter this and all this sort of stuff and it's like okay what, i don't know really what you're talking about just give me a rough number i'm not buying anything now so actually goes it's gonna cost this amount it's like five and a half thousand pounds for two windows and i was like okay well thanks for the quote we're not going to say yes to that um <laughs> And then he's like, oh, well, what if I told you I've got some good news? And, you know, goes down and knocks the price down. And it's like, well, yeah, we're still not going to do that. Can you put that quote in an email, though? Like, we might be able to come back to you. Oh, no, I can't put it in an email. I said, like, oh, we're not going to do that then. And then he's phoning up his director. And the director's like, well, maybe we can give him a new price. And then it was this whole game. And it just felt very, like, in- manipulative. And eventually mm. I'm just like, right, I'm saying no. So can you, like, leave? And um you know get out the house uh and i and <laughs> i was kind of watching him and paying attention to all these things and every time i said no he'd be like but if i could give you the windows for free would you say yes and it's like yes but i know you're just trying to make me say yes because i've said no and and it it was just this moment where i realized this guy is trying to like manipulate me he's trying to control me so that i buy something and not for my benefit but for his benefit, because yeah. he's going to get paid if he's he's not thinking about what's best for me, and and so it was a a controlling situation. He was try he would say he was trying to persuade me, but it felt manipulative. I could mm. feel my emotions being messed with, and ultimately we've all had experiences like that, whether it's with a, a spouse, a friend, a family member, or something like that, where we have been or someone has tried to control us or mm. manipulate us, and we don't like it. No one likes it. No one wants to be a puppet, right? <laughs> it, it doesn't matter, like, the situation. You you don't like it. So I mm. think that's the thing. Is like, remember the other side of it. What's it yeah. like to be on the other side of me? When we are uh, mm. consciously or subconsciously trying to control other people, realize you don't like it when you're controlled. We don't like it. So stop doing it. <laughs> and it's yeah. not as straightforward to stop doing it as, as you know, just saying, don't do it. <laughs> stop it or bury you alive in a box. But... um. I think it's important to remember that actually it isn't nice. It isn't kind. It isn't treating people with dignity and as a person um, when we're trying to just meet our our needs by exploiting them. Um, yeah. So yeah, maybe we just wrap up there. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, a bit of a rant onto Windows. Um, hopefully we've given you a window into this topic. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, how have you experienced Um, this dynamic of self-control controlling others from either side of it when you realize someone's trying to control you or you're trying to control others and let us know what other topics you would like us to cover in the coming months this is the make it count podcast hope you have a cracking week